This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Tonight on Huckabee, Florida Congressman Carlos Jimenez, RNC Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel, mystifying illusions from Joseph Real, Care Grammy-nominated jazz vocalist Carla Cook, Well, thank you very much. We have a great studio audience here tonight. They're excited, and we're happy they're here. But I got to tell you, we're going to begin tonight with some sad news. It's the news of the passing of one of our audience experience team, Keith Kelly. He died of a heart attack last week, just a day after working at the taping of our show. Now, if you have been in our studio audience, you probably saw or met Keith. We extend our condolences to his wife and family and our heartfelt thanks to Keith Kelly for a life well lived. What a blessing to have had him with us. Well, we do have some good news tonight. The COVID emergency is officially over. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I know. Hey, look, it's been over for a long time, and most of us went back to living normally almost two years ago. But this week, a bipartisan vote in Congress officially declared the national emergency to be over. Now, President Biden actually had threatened to veto that bill because he really wants to keep telling us how to live. (laughs) But even a majority of Democrats in the Senate were COVID-fatigued enough to vote to end the eternal emergency that for a while made churches stop meeting, permanently closed many locally owned stores and restaurants, and destroyed the education of millions of students across America. When it all started, remember, Dr. Fauci said that we needed to close everything for two weeks to flatten the curve. What it really flattened was the American people and their families and businesses and their freedom. And sadly, it flattened our faith in public health officials who repeatedly lied to us and stoked fear and division by forcing us to do meaningless things like wear masks and take repeated shots, scrub our groceries, and stand six feet apart. Now, granted, hey, some faces really do look better behind a mask, okay? (laughs) But the science that we were supposed to finally uh, follow admitted that the masks were as worthless as a milk bucket under a bull. Some of you non-country people are scratching your head. You have no idea what that even means. 
But so were a lot of other things that we were told by the so-called experts. In other news this week, Bud Weiser fell into their own vat of suds this past week, <laughs> and they drowned a gruesome death. When these guys thought it would be so very cool to feature a man named Dylan Mulvaney, who pretends to be a young ditzy girl in their Bud Light ad campaign. The self-professed transgender who is a biological male but dresses, talks, and acts like a little girl actually got invited to the White House. I guess so Joe Biden could snip his hair. I don't know. <laughs> and then he got hired to be a spokesperson for Bud Light. The ad campaign was so offensive that sales of the brand fell off the cliff and bar-owning country stars John Rich and Kid Rock quit serving it. In bars, it's good for them, right? In bars that did sell it, sales of the brew plummeted by as much as 99%. One meme, hilarious. It said that Bud Light did more to stop people drinking in two days than AA did in 88 years. Now, you're going to find this really hard to believe. I've never tasted beer. I really haven't. I honestly thought when I was a teenager, somebody handed me some, it smells so bad that I couldn't imagine swallowing it. So it just hadn't affected me, this whole thing with Bud Light. But I do pray that Louisiana Ice Tea never hires the pretend girl to do an ad for them. Because by golly, I go through about a gallon of that stuff a day, okay? And also this week, right here in Nashville, a couple of Democrat legislators got expelled from the House after causing what Democrats call an insurrection if Republicans do it. But it's a righteous protest when Democrats take over the proceedings of a legislative body, accuse the members of not enacting gun control legislation fast enough for them, and then shout down the Speaker and disrupt the decorum so that the House had to adjourn while a mob tried to break through the doors and enter the chamber. Now, the funniest description of the events from the lunatic left was calling the expulsion a threat to democracy. Actually, I thought the threat to democracy was not allowing the duly elected representatives to carry out their business because you had these clowns disrupting it with bullhorns and shouting out slogans. You know, what we would call an insurrection. I wonder, will Liz Cheney fly into Tennessee to conduct hearings and demand long incarceration of people who led this insurrection? Hey, she doesn't have to. Vice President Kamala Harris slithered into Nashville so she could meet the disruptors and call them heroes. By the way, she was so busy wet-kissing their feet that she had no time to meet with the families of the three nine-year-olds or the three adults who were murdered in cold blood by a transgender activist, or even meet the heroic Nashville police officers who stopped the carnage of innocent kids by taking out the killer. Never even gave them the time of day or a wave. And to quote former President Barack Obama, elections have consequences. And indeed they do. And it is not too early to make sure these crazy people find out the consequences in the next election.
Congressman Carlos Ananas is the only Cuban-born member of the 118th Congress. He's got firsthand experience with the dangers of communist regimes, and tonight he's here to discuss his work on the Select Committee on China and his efforts to protect American interests from the influence of the Chinese Communist Party. Before going to Congress, he was the mayor of Miami-Dade County from 2011 to 2020. Please welcome to the show for the very first time, Congressman Carlos Imanis from the 28th District of Florida. I have loved reading about your illustrious career, which started out 25 years as a fireman, then the fire chief, then managing the city of Miami before you uh, became the uh, mayor of Dade County in Miami. Yes. It's a pretty great thing. My father was a career fireman. So oh, when yeah? I read that, I said, I like this guy. <laughs> but life didn't start out for you uh, easily. Born in Cuba, mm -hmm. your family brought you here right after Castro right. uh, took control. What's the message that you wish younger Americans understood about what communism is really about? It just brings about tyranny. Um, every communist regime is tyrannical. Every communist regime suppresses their people. Every communist regime, you don't have any freedom of the press or the religion, the basic freedoms that we take for granted, no elections, um, and basically you're told what to do. And by the way, you better, you better not say anything wrong because if you do, you may find yourself uh, imprisoned. You may find your, your family is, is in prison. And so, um, yeah, the lesson is that uh, don't believe anything they say. Um, the, we live under the best system, which is democracy. Uh, we're still perfecting it, but uh, don't fall prey to their false promises. Congressman, a lot of what you just said sounds like some of the things that we're beginning to see right here in this country. Yeah. People being told not to say what they want to say. Uh, telling churches what they can and can't say, mm -hmm. actually arresting people because they're pro-life and having SWAT teams go out and get them. Exactly. How concerned are you that we are drifting toward a model that, as you so, I think, wisely said, has never, ever worked? We got to fight right now, uh, and we got to push back on all of this um, and then get back to what America is about, which is freedom of speech, religion. You can speak your mind. You're not going to be canceled, uh, and uh, and that you know, we're, and that and freedom, our basic freedoms, and so yeah, that's the reason I ran for Congress because I saw those things starting to happen here, which I never thought, I never thought, would I would be saying this, you know, here, Congressman. I I've said this many times in places all over the country that I've never met a group of people who love this country more, who have a greater understanding of of what freedom really means than the Cuban-Americans of South Florida. And I say that with all heart, because people who have escaped the galloping terror of totalitarianism understand yeah. what they left. Look, we, we were well off in Cuba, you know, um, but my father and mother came here uh, with $10 hmm. and a watch, which I still have, by the way. He gave it to me. Hmm. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, he started working as a bellhop in Miami Beach, my mom, who spoke, she's half American, actually. My, my, my grandmother is Irish-American. Uh, so she spoke English, and so she got, a, she got a job with Orkin as a secretary. Hmm. And that, you know, we started building up from there. But my story is replicated in Miami uh, by the Cuban-Americans hundreds of thousands of times, yeah. all right? My wife is the same. You know, she came a year later. 
Her, her father was an attorney, a very, very reputable family. Uh, her name, you know, uh, means a lot in Cuba. And, and so they started again. Uh, her mother started driving a bus. He, uh, he, he became a teacher and, uh, and, you know, later drove taxis and all that. But that, that story, again, is replicated hundreds of thousands of times. And we know what we, we, we left. We know what we lost. Um, and we're very grateful to this country. So you'll see that most Cuban-Americans are going to tell, tell you that they love this country. I love this country. Mm. All right? I can see that. All right? I love yeah. my town. Yeah. All right? And mm. I, I will I, fight for I, this country. Congressman, I think I've got the title for your book. It's going to be called From Cuban Communism to Congress and How I Made the Journey. I've, <laughs> we're going to talk with... Uh, Congressman uh, Jimenez Moore, when we come back, stay with us. We'll be right back. And still to come, the amazing illusions of Joseph Brion. And later, a musical nod to the legendary Sam Cooke by daughter Carla Cooke. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Go to MikeHuckabee.com and sign up for his free newsletter and follow at GovMikeHuckabee on Twitter. And welcome back, everybody. By the way, I think we got the best band in all of America. Trey Corley and the Music City Connection. Give him a big hand. We are back with Congressman Carlos Jimenez. And, and Congressman, we were talking about Cuban communism, but there's another threat and a big one, China. Yeah. You have been one of the leading voices on speaking out against uh, why we need to be concerned of China's activities, not the least of which was them sailing a balloon over America, scot-free. Oh, it's just a weather balloon, right? Right. <laughs> we may never know. I, no, we know. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't a weather balloon. Now, now, as a member of Congress, um, I sit on the select committee on the competition between the United States and the Chinese Communist Party. That's, they say it's competition, that they're competitors. No, they're adversaries. They're adversaries. I'm so glad somebody said that. They're adversaries. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Congressman, yeah. for recognizing that they are not our pals. No. Look, when I was a basketball player, and so when I competed in basketball, we, we had the same rules, right? We had referees. And the referees would call the fouls both ways. Um, the Chinese, the Chinese Communist Party doesn't doesn't play that way. They don't abide by the rules, uh, and and whenever they can, they're going to get a, an advantage. And so uh, we better wake up, and we are starting to wake up. They're a competitor. They want to be the greatest economic and military power by the year 2049. Why 2049? That's their hundredth anniversary of the mm -hmm. revolution. And you know what? 
I don't want to live in a world, and I don't want my kids or, or grandchildren, again, to live in a world that's dominated by the Chinese Communist Party. Good for uh, you. So we got to stop them right now. I know recently you had a meeting with the president of Taiwan. Uh, I was just there th three weeks ago. I love Taiwan. Yep. The Republic of China, unlike the People's Republic of China, which is anything but that, it's a, it's a wonderfully free country. Entrepreneurial activity abounds everywhere. It is truly capitalistic. People vote, their voices are heard. But a lot of Americans don't even understand this tension between mainland China and Taiwan. What should Americans know and why do we need to know it? Well, China considers Taiwan to be a province of China. They consider Taiwan to be part of greater China. Mm. And one of uh, President Xi's um, biggest uh, goals, actually his biggest goal is the reunification of China. Uh, and so 80% um, of the world's chips are created in, in Taiwan. Mm -hmm. uh, everything that we run, our cars, our toasters, uh, everything, our lawnmowers, everything has chips in yeah. them. And, and so if we lose that to, to communist China, that means that they will basically, they could hold the world hostage, right? This is a serious deal. Forget the partisan politics. Yeah. I admit I'm partisan. Yeah. Well, I'm not pretending I'm not, I right. am. But for my country's sake, this is a pretty serious deal if a U.S. president has business ties to the Communist Chinese Party, and if they have information about the depth of those ties, he's a compromised president. Absolutely. And so, look, none of, none of, none of what he has done so far makes any sense until you put it under that light, mm. right? Yeah. And so, nothing, because the southern border is a disaster. Any idiot knows could, could fix it. I'm not saying an idiot could. We can fix it, actually. Yeah. He didn't have to change anything that was going on because it wasn't a disaster, but he changed it. Our energy policy. Why does it make sense that we now have to be reliant on what China is dominant in, which is solar panels, wind, wind turbines, and all that, right? When, when in fact, they don't use it. Yeah. They're burning coal for electricity, and they, and they have a new coal-fired plant every single week we could be the dominant energy producer of the world. We could use it to, to uh, balance our, our imbalance in trade. We can use it to help our ally. Oh, and here's, here's one great thing. If you're worried about the environment, we produce it 20% cleaner than anybody else. Yes. So, and, and, and the world is going to need more of our fuel, of our energy in the next 50 to 70 years. Why shouldn't it be American energy? Why does it have to be Russian energy or Saudi energy or Iranian energy? You can, that only makes sense, only makes sense if you see it through the lens of, hey, what's really going on with this president? Is he really, could he really be compromised? It only makes sense when you look at it through that lens. Congressman, it's great having you here. I'm glad you're in Congress and I hope your voice gets uh, heard loud and clear in Washington. Lord knows we're hearing it loud and clear here right. and we need it. If you want to follow Congressman Carlos Jimenez on social medias, if you'll go to Huckabee.tv, we've got the links to the congressman, and I hope you will follow them. Right now, Keith Bilbrey is going to tell us what else we have coming up on the show. We pay tribute to the extraordinary Sam Cooke. Carla Cook performs.
whatever you may be going through, God is there, and He's using the volunteers of Samaritan's Purse to go into communities all over the world in Jesus' name to share His light in a suffering and desperate world. Why don't you join the mission and help Samaritan's Purse by going to their website, or you can call them today. Thanks for your generosity, and God bless. Well, prominent Republicans and donors from all over the country are gathering right here in Nashville this week for a major fundraising event ahead of the 2024 election. The event, organized by the Republican National Committee, is aimed at rallying support and resources for the party's candidates in the upcoming election cycle. RNC Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel has been leading the party's efforts to take back the White House. We're happy to welcome Ronna McDaniel. Ronna, good to have you with me. I'm Thank so you. happy to be here. This is the most amazing studio. Thank Everything's you. the best. You've got a live band. You've got an audience. I've never seen anything like it. Well, we, we're kind of proud of it, and, and it's uh, it's a fun show to do, and we're thrilled to have Let's you here. Let's trade jobs. How about you take over the RNC? No, no, no. <laughs> Too many people get mad at you. You know, yeah, one I of know, the things right? I like about this show, it's I tell people the great thing about TV it sure beats working. Uh, <laughs> so speaking of work, and you're having to work really hard, yep. uh, it's a tough environment out there. Things are not the same in terms of the way the Democrats are treated by the press and the way Republicans are treated by the press, or for that matter, the Justice Department. How do we fix that? You know, not only just the press, but also the big tech industry, right? Yeah. That's suppressing our voices, that's creating algorithms to push liberal and progressive ideas. I use this phrase right now, which is the scared silent majority. People are afraid to speak out because they're yeah. afraid of being canceled by uh, all these entities owned by the liberals in New York and California. But you know what? We're stronger than them. And so we've got to give them a voice and give take back that silence by talking about things like common sense issues that we know they care about. We know we need to be energy independent. We know we need yeah. to close our border. We know we need to stop crime in our streets. We know we need school choice, things that your amazing daughter is pushing in Arkansas. And when we talk to voters about that, we win. It's also very evident, if you look at poll numbers, even Democrats don't agree with some of the radical ideas. They believe that we ought to have voter ID, for example. Yep. Overwhelmingly, they believe that. But their party leaders are saying, oh, no, that's racist. What you said a moment ago, people don't want to be canceled. Neither do they want to be called a racist or some type of transphobe or homophobe or whatever the latest phobe is. So they just stay quiet. Wouldn't it make a difference if people just, not angrily, but just stood up and said, no, that's, that's not right? We, we, you have to. We're not going to change this. And I think of Sarah's State of the Union uh, rebuttal where she said it's common sense versus crazy or normal yeah. versus crazy. And I think about that all the time. Many days I run into people and say, what's happening in our country? Yeah. What's happening? And people are silent because they're afraid. They're afraid of being canceled or losing their job or being called out. But we can't be silent anymore. Our country's at stake. And so get you've got to get involved. Go volunteer. Be part of a campaign. The one thing I will say, Governor, I'm going to call you Governor because that's uh, how I think of you. You can call me, Mike. It's the fine. Democrats work all year every day around the clock. They never yeah. take a break after an election. They're always focused on the process. How do we change election laws? How do we ballot harvest? How do we get early votes? And they're funded all year. And Republicans take a break. 
They go, I'm tired. Yeah. This election didn't go the way I wanted. Well, get over it, guys. They also have jobs, We've too. got jobs, you know, that's, but you, that's we have to get, we have to move right now. Yeah. We have to start focusing on the things the Democrats are focusing on because they're spending money every day, and we can't take a break as we're heading into a cycle where we have a better Senate map, we can win the White House. And keeping the House is going to be harder because we've got to hold these key seats in New York and California. We don't have a big majority in the House, but simply having a majority makes a big difference. And I don't know if some people fully comprehend that just having Kevin McCarthy in the Speaker's seat and a Republican majority has changed Washington a lot. A lot. And look at Jim Jordan, on the head of judiciary. These are the things we fought for. Uh, Nancy Pelosi lost the House, but we won the House. And we mm. did it in two tranches. Remember, we picked up 15 seats in 2020 when we didn't win the White House against all expectations. Yeah. And then we won the House in 2022. But we have to keep it. So it is exhausting, but it is year-round, every day. And that's why I'm here in Nashville raising money, because we have to go into all these states. The RNC is in 57 lawsuits right mm. now. Democrats 57. are trying to pass laws to make it so non-citizens can vote. That's the, what they're trying to do. We have to fight them at every single level. We're also continuing to build our army of poll watchers and poll workers. If you wanna be one, go to 80810, uh, text to them. Uh, that's how we'll get you engaged, but we need to be engaging year round all the time. That's such a great point because I think when people whine, oh, the elections, you know, there's all kinds of interference with them. Well, then be a poll watcher. Yeah. You, can, you can help be part or of the Or an army. election day worker. Absolutely. In Wisconsin, we elected 5,000 Election Day workers. It's on the ballot. Wow. So in 2021, we actually recruited and put 5,000 Election Day workers into the counting locations in, in Wisconsin. 465 of them were just in Milwaukee County. That's a big difference when you have a Ron Johnson running and we keep that Senate seat. So these are the types yeah. of the things the RNC does, the infrastructure, the process. It's not the TV ads. It's not the exciting stuff but it's the infrastructure we need for our candidates to be successful. Ronnie, we only have about 30 seconds. Sure. So let's talk about the presidential election. It's, yeah. it's obviously big. Republicans are going to have a pretty big field when it's all said and done. We are. And you know this well. Yes, I do. Uh, it's, and we've taken so much of your input and advice. So thank you on everything. Uh, but we have a great field, right? So we've got to be fair. We've got to be transparent. But at the end, we have to come together. Yeah. Because remember... We need to beat Biden. And so my, my, my advice to everybody is right now is you can be on different spectrums of the Republican Party. I'm Mitt Romney's niece, and yeah. I was brought to the RNC by <laughs> Donald Trump. I have yeah. the whole Republican Party in my body. <laughs> but we need to make sure we come together to beat Joe Biden, because what's happening to our country is fundamentally destructing America. And that is not what our founders want. It's not good for our future. And it certainly is stealing the American dream from our kids. And we can't beat the Democrats if we're fractured. So put our swords down after the primary, come together, let's hug it out, and then let's beat Biden. I agree 100%. <laughs> absolutely spot on. To keep up with uh, Ronna McDaniel on social media, if you go to Huckabee.tv, we have links right there. So it's real simple. Just follow the link right to her. In the meantime, Keith Bilbrey is going to let our audience know what we have coming up next on the show. With a heart and mission to save women and children around the world, Chelsea Sobolik is with us next. Then singer-songwriter Carla Cook performs. All ahead on Huckabee.
And welcome back. Our next guest was adopted out of Romania, and she adopted a child from India. So she's got some very personal reasons for working to save girls all over the world who are victims of trafficking, abandonment, gender-selective abortion, and even murder. Would you please welcome the Senior Director of Policy and Advocacy for Lifeline Children's Services, Chelsea Sobolik. Chelsea, great having you here. Thank you welcome. for having me. I, I'm intrigued because you're living in many ways your own story, rescued out of Romania. And how much do you know about your early life, your birth, and, and how you ended up here? So I was adopted, like you said, from Romania. I was uh, less than a month old when I was adopted. If so, you remember any of that, I'm going to really... I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but what's really unique, my parents adopted six children from Eastern Europe, myself oh. included. So I grew up with siblings where it was our normal yeah. for adoption to be part of our stories and part of our um, our ethos as a family, which was so so very special. A lot of people want to adopt children. It's a tough process to adopt children. Should it be easier? And if so, how would we make it better and easier? That's a great question. So when we talk about adoption, there's kind of three main ways that people adopt. There's international adoption. And so international adoption is governed by two countries' laws, uh, the U.S. and then the country you're adopting from. Uh, domestic private adoption, um, and then adoption from foster care. So those are the three main ways that people adopt. And I think um, one thing, I do this all the time, we talk about adoption and foster care in the very same sentence, in the very same breath. And they're actually very different. Mm. Um, when a, a birth mother is making um, an adoption plan for her child, she has options, she has choices, she gets to pick the birth family, she gets to decide the level of openness in a domestic private infant adoption. And uh, adopting from foster care, uh, parental rights have already been relinquished. So to your question, um, adoption is actually not largely governed at a federal level, it's governed at a state level. Yeah. So there are some things that we can do, um, you know, make sure the adoption tax credit is permanent, states can pass um, state level um, tax credits. But with that, um, you're holding intention, um, wanting to ensure that children are protected, well protected, that families, um, you know, go through a proper home study and that birth mothers' rights are honored and protected. And so as we're in this post-Roe, post-Dobbs world, one of the things that Lifeline is doing so beautifully, and I, I love our heart, um, is we're walking with, with women and we're really empowering her hmm. to, to make the best decision for her and her child, so whether that's parenting and wrapping around her in that, or whether that's making an adoption plan. And we walk with her through every step of that journey, and we offer post-adoptive support so that if she's having a hard, a hard day or a hard season, we're there post-adoption with her. Lifeline is in all 50 states and, what, 20-something foreign countries? Yes, yes. So we serve women um, in, in uh, every state in the, the country, and then we do international adoption and global orphan care as well around the world. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that women are being exploited today, and it sounds like Lifeline is literally just that, a lifeline to women to give them something more positive than having them out on the streets or being trafficked as sex objects. We, Lifeline Children's Services, was started over 40 years ago, actually to meet the needs of women. Mm. And from that has grown all the work that we do. But our mission and our heartbeat as an organization is to equip 
the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to vulnerable children and women. Um, and we do that by certainly policy and advocacy, and that's my job, and I, I think I have the best job in the world. But we do that by also equipping local bodies of believers, whether it's in Arkansas, whether it's across the globe, to care for people in their communities. Because again, I, I have worked in government um, in some capacity my whole career. The church can be where government can't and shouldn't be, mm. which is everywhere. You know, we hear these numbers, 140 million orphans globally, 400,000 children in foster care. And we, we can be, it can feel overwhelming to hear those numbers and think, what can I do? But the reality is each one of us have a part to play. Uh, scripture calls us to care for the fatherless and the orphan, and each one of us have a part to play in that. And so come check our 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 website and see how you and your church fit into that. I love that. And I hope people will connect. And if you want to learn more about Chelsea Sobolik and get her book, it's called Longing for Motherhood. As well as if you'd like to connect with Lifeline Children's Services, if you'll go to Huckabee.tv, we have the links to everything we've been talking about regarding Lifeline. And surely there's several of you God's touched you, and maybe this is the uh, right organization for you to connect to. Speaking of connecting, Keith Bilbrey is going to connect us to the rest of the show tonight. So, Keith, it's all yours. Well, Grammy-nominated jazz singer Carla Cook is here with an amazing performance after the break. Don't go away. with New York representative Claudia Tenney and the sweet country sound of Tony Jackson. Carla Cook was with us before and she just wowed every one of us. We love her here. Vocal talent, well, it's kind of in her DNA. She happens to be the youngest daughter of one of the greatest singers ever, the legendary Sam Cooke. Carla's own album is called, a, yeah, go ahead and give her a big hand. I wasn't kidding. She's got a brand new album out. It's called A Time to Remember, and she's touring in a fantastic tribute to her dad called The Sam Cooke Experience. It is an honor to welcome back Carla Cook. Carla, glad to have Thank you. you. You just wowed us when you were here before. I mean, I heard you and I said, God has given you a set of pipes, girl. He really has. Uh, your dad is strong in you, I'll tell you that for sure. Mm, yes, he is. Uh, did you grow up singing all the time? I did. As a little girl, I would always sing and sing and sing. Um, as a matter of fact, we had a hallway that had a great acoustic sound on it. <laughs> I would get up every morning singing, and my mother's neighbors would say, this girl, all she does, we hear her singing all day. And she said, well, at least she isn't crying. She's thinking. I, I hope those neighbors are going to buy this new album. Hey, they better. They better <laughs> buy it, right? I mean, they, they heard it when it was just being groomed yeah, as a child in you. When you, when you go out, I know the comparisons are there. People, of course, if they're my age and Keith's age, certainly remember the amazing music of your father. 
That wasn't a punchline, by the way. <laughs> I don't know why they're laughing at that. But I, I know the comparisons. Do you ever get tired of that? Does that bother you? Oh, no. I enjoy it. I, I'm just amazed that after uh, 59 years, people still around the world love my father and love his music. I mean, he was voted number three as the greatest singer of all time by Rolling Stones magazine. Number three in the number whole three. world. Of all. Yes. That's pretty big. Yes. Um, your voice has such a warmth to it. I think it's your personality, uh, and I'm not just trying to flatter you, but one of the things that I love when I hear you sing is that I feel like not only are you hitting the notes, but you're communicating. There's a warmth, and it's just a, a joy to behold. I can't wait for you to sing for us tonight. And one of the songs that you're going to do is When I Fall in Love. It was a song that your dad had a big hit with. Got to be a little emotional, doesn't it, to stand on the stage and do something that he did? It does. I mean, that it feels that way with my whole entire show, the Sam Cooke experience. Uh, I can feel his presence when I'm on stage. And since I didn't have that time with him as a young girl, uh, it's very special. You know, one of the things that it's, it's hard for me to believe, and I think our audience will be stunned, you are actually a grandmother. I am. You don't look old enough <laughs> to have children, much less grandchildren. And I want you to I know, do. whatever it is you're doing, Keith and I would like to get in on it, okay? <laughs> We really would. Oh. Well, we brought you here because we want to hear you sing, yes. and that's exactly what we're going to do. <laughs> so while Carla gets ready to perform, Keith Bilbrey is going to tell us how you can hear more of her music, see her in concert, and especially get this new album. I am convinced you're going to want to. Well, just go to Huckabee.tv, and you'll find links to Carla Cook's website, her great album, A Time to Remember, and tour dates for the Sam Cook experience. Now, singing the Sam Cooke classic, When I Fall in Love, with Trey Corley and the Music City Connection, and Mike on bass, here's Carla Cooke! 